To have a good harvest, one must plant good seeds and must also use the right kind of fertilizer. The carrots have grown large and firm. How good they will taste. Welcome, everybody, to a special edition of the Backyard Gardens podcast. Two days early. You got big plans? Happy Thanksgiving. Are you just rejecting the bail? I'm rejecting it. Is that what's happening here? I'm rejecting it. As of this recording, my plans are still a little bit um, soft, as in not firm. Yeah. That's usually what soft means. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to get dark in the, the episode early on. <laughs> Holidays are, you know, for a lot of us, it's, it's hard for me, you know. So this season is... Uh, yeah, it is a, it is know, a hard season. I kind of through it. It's either really stressful or it can be sad. Mm-hmm. So, um, but mm-hmm. we're not going to worry about that, everybody. I think, or there can be joy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh yeah, there's definitely joy. I mean, we'll have a small... I think my mom's coming, so which is always nice to see my mother. Mm-hmm. She mm-hmm. is... She has rebirthed her love into gardening this year, and she is growing in a climate that you wouldn't think because it's only like two hours away from where she grew. You know, I've told stories about our garden when I was a kid, mm-hmm. and now that she's two hours uh, and, you know, east of it and a little bit south, it's like totally different, and she's been struggling, and I'm like trying to help them, but they don't understand Mm -hmm. like even though we're so close to where we used to live it's completely different you know it's hotter it's saltier it's drier here yeah and so like she's been struggling but um they did they did fairly well this year i got a little bit of a uh a classic spacing issue going on in their garden though if i may say so myself i was watching someone years ago and you know uh they were close to the sea and did you just call it the, the sea? Impact. Yeah, I did. I, I love that. I love that. <laughs> the impact of the uh, the water and the saltiness. And it's something that, you know, me sitting in the middle of a city, I never think of, you know, but it, it absolutely impacted their garden. So I went on a, um, when I used to work on the ships, I went on a boat way up in Maine. I think we were like maybe 10 miles from the Canadian border and you had to take a ferry two hours to get to this island there was like 150 year-round people that lived on the island and the guy who i was uh, working with was telling me that he had a garden and i mean when the island was small right and you know new england is world famous for the fog i mean my my uncle Mm -hmm. he would always tell me like yeah we were driving and we stopped at a hotel in uh, Cape Cod and we didn't even know anything about it. It was so foggy. The next morning we woke up and it was like waterfront, like class A view. They had no clue. But he said in his garden, man, that they had, they struggle really hard with the moisture in the air and the salt and the mm-hmm. fog because it can keep it so cool. So it's just interesting. You know, everybody grows differently, but with them, I was going to give you the spacing my parents put in one of their beds. Which I told him, I was like, y'all can't do this. One four by eight bed, my mom and my stepdad had put uh, four tomato plants, six peppers, and (laughs) and an okra plant. And it was just, you know, it didn't produce. So I'm trying to help them, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. get back into it. So it's pretty fun to do that, you know, because I hadn't gardened in probably 10 years. So now that they're rekindling Mm -hmm. their love, it's interesting. But they want to have produce for Thanksgiving from their garden, and they kind of struggling to produce that you know yeah and how far how many hours are they away from you uh one hour south okay okay Mm -hmm. and it's actually warmer down there than it is here they're like Mm -hmm. right on the 8b cusp Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. if that makes any sense yeah i think it's um you know, you know, I'll squeeze tomatoes in. So that four by eight bed and four tomatoes. So I'm like, oh, it's a stretch, but okay. Mm-hmm. And then it depends on like the orientation of the bed to know where those peppers would be and if they have a chance. But then you add it in the okra. I'm just like, oh, you know, well. Yeah. Well, then you've got. Um, <laughs> nothing has a chance, you know. From the minute the sun comes up till it goes down, it gets nothing but sun. So you have to mm-hmm. battle that too. So it's tough. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, Thanksgiving's an interesting time of year. It's. um. I know there's a lot of how how can we put it to be correct 
boo-boo about Thanksgiving. Like it's just, it was not a very good time and we've been taught wrong and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But I do view it personally. This is not the opinion of the Backyard Gardens podcast, but I do view it personally as like the gardener's holiday. I mean, this is a holiday all about eating, right? Mm-hmm. And being mm-hmm. thankful for what we well, have. Well, I mean, that's that's what it's, it, you know devolved into but um but yeah it's it's the of all of the holidays that are commonly celebrated in the u.s right Right. people are commonly gathering i think this is the most food focused you know um i mean hands down yeah it's gotta be maybe there's some argument to be made about christmas but i don't know yeah christmas there's a there's a reason for the season so (laughs) there is that but um you know if i think about like take away all of the bad connotations about Thanksgiving. Just think about like what we were taught as children. Remember all the coloring books you'd color in school and stuff and mm-hmm. everybody bringing mm-hmm. their produce from their farms over their, their homesteads over gardens, whatever, and sharing and being thankful for being around and making it through that first year. It's a, it's a pretty mm-hmm. powerful thought. And it's, um, we were talking before the show, we weren't even going to record this podcast actually. And Batavia geniusly brought up something that I thought was really magical though. And it's, you know, I mean, tell them about the, the what you were thinking about like the common foods and stuff like that. Oh, for a split second, I said, wait, what? What did I say? No, <laughs> yeah, do you need to go listen to your voice recording real quick? We'll yeah, pause. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this, this was going to go in a couple of different directions and it wasn't going to go at all. And then uh, I'm notorious for, wait, I think that was good or someone I'm talking to. That was good. What'd you say? I'm like, well, shoot, that was just off the top. I don't know. Um, but no, it's, you know, you, you think, and, and you said, this is what spurred it. You said, well, you don't have much food from your garden, do you? And I have all of the green things, but that's it. You know, my garden has, you know, been killed. The rest of my garden has been killed by frost and freezing weather. Um, but he said, you know, you have a lot of jars. And so then my thought was, you know, how much are our listeners eating from their garden for Thanksgiving? Right. Like, like that's the question that we're posing to you. And then I started thinking about, you know, some of the things that I think I'd consider traditional and I'm going to speak just for the U S and this is not, you know, a comprehensive list, but macaroni and cheese, as far as in my household was a big thing. Mm -hmm. You know, I know that mashed potatoes is a big thing in the U S we never had mashed potatoes or potato salad for Thanksgiving, but I know that's a big thing, you know? So we're trying to go through like, what could you even take from the garden to add to your, you know, a, a dish or a skillet or, you know, <laughs> a plate for Thanksgiving. Yeah, you know, turkey, ham. So few of us are actually growing, you know, animals, growing animals, tending to Raising. animals for the purpose of consuming them. I know growing them from a seed packet. Um, so you're getting your turkey from the grocery store. Maybe some folks are getting them from a local butcher, yada, yada, yada. Uh, but you know, macaroni and cheese, if you got a cow, some of that cream, I mean, but it's, it's a stretch green beans for sure. So you start going down the list. And then I started to wonder, like, are we growing the quantity? Even if you can find, you know, the vegetable, let's say, uh, are you growing the quantity that would feed the guests that you would have for Thanksgiving? And one more note, do you, I mean, is this like Thanksgiving table worthy, what you've grown? Do you deem it Thanksgiving table worthy? You know, I know there's a lot there, there. Yeah, there is a lot there. And I think, you know, <clears throat> you, you brought up stuff like macaroni and cheese and stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's not. That's just something that we've adopted over time. I mean, you mm-hmm, could go down mm-hmm. the list and everybody's got, you know, what I think is cool about it is everybody's got their own traditions and what they like to eat. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, you brought up the idea of is what you provide enough to feed everybody. Right. Mm-hmm. And herein lies my thought process on that is it's sad that it's left up to and, you know, the gardener to provide for multiple families or people involved. That's Mm -hmm. what's sad because we know that was not the case. If we go back to, and again, everybody, I want to stress this. We're not talking about the dark history of Thanksgiving. We're going to talk about what we learned in childhood. Um, 
people have you ever driven down the road? I think about this all the time. Like you're driving down the road and you're driving down a highway and there's woods all up along it. But then think about before there was that woods, before there was that city, what mm-hmm. was there? It's almost impossible at times to walk through. And these people came and they made their homesteads and farms and they cleared land and they did all of this and started their farms as a community. And they all came together as a community and they they brought, you know, Johnny brought pumpkins, Susie brought broccoli, mm-hmm. you know, and all these different things. And I mean, let's be honest, November Thanksgiving date is just a time that was made up for shopping. That's a proven mm-hmm. fact. The real Thanksgiving occurred, I think it was in like October when the harvest was complete, right? Because in Plymouth, which I used to live in Plymouth, Massachusetts, so I do know a lot about it. It is extremely cold in Thanksgiving and there is nothing growing. So there, <laughs> therefore, you know, these people weren't sitting on their, their produce for a month, two months waiting to eat it for yeah. this day. You know, they, they did their harvest and they enjoyed it, but everybody shared. So if we, if we take it back a step and it's like, let's have a Thanksgiving dinner, like, kind of like they used to and everybody bring what they can then you start now you can have a real feast you know mm-hmm. Batavia now, can bring the be- pumpkins I can bring the sweet potatoes you know Samantha can bring corn and Johnny can bring you know whatever tomatoes you about I to laugh a, at me I had a dream of no 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 I had a dream about um I I did my sweet potato harvest and speaking of it's like you know the goal is two sweet potato pies worth of sweet potatoes and technically I got there you know um but we do that we do you know as far as you know the my people and and you know friends and family across a lot of holidays you know that not exactly potluck kind of feel, but bring a dish, bring a dish. But the key connection is it's a dish that you've gone to the store to buy the ingredients for. And let me tell you, totally fine. I am not critiquing that. Mm-mm. Um what I consume on Thanksgiving will absolutely be that. Uh but if you go back to you as a gardener and how you want to contribute, you know, I'm uber curious about if there are listeners that again have kind of um you know, this community of other people that are growing things. And maybe there is more food on the plate, on the table, that's from multiple gardens. Right. That's not my experience, right? And that's kind of how we, we end up to, you know, getting to the, no, let's talk about this as a part of the conversation. Well, and I think, too, if you, let's take grocery stores out of it and people are bringing food in general, then that is the same concept of, you know, if you bought green beans, made green bean casserole from the store, then, you know, that you could replace that from your garden, whatever. You know what I mean? Like the garden could act as the store where people are. I mean, how many times does, and I mean, I don't know, some families do this, but generally speaking, people will bring a dish over to the house that mm-hmm. they go, you know, maybe even a bottle of wine. Who knows? People made wine back in the day. You know, you had to get your drink on. Somebody's probably smoking a little reefer. Who knows? Um <laughs> But you got all these things that occur that, you know, we've deviated from over time. And I think it's kind of sad because, you know, it's like my mom asked me, she's, you know, no, my, my granny would ask me, she's like, what are you bringing from the garden? And it's like, you know, mm-hmm. when I would go have Thanksgiving with them, I'm like, y'all got like 15 people. Like, I can't bring that much from my garden. What are you going to yeah. bring from your garden as well? Well, I didn't grow anything. <laughs> Well, what are they going to bring? Well, they didn't grow anything either. Well, we got a problem because I'm not your personal farmer. You know what I mean? I think that's where it needs to come back down to. And we kind of sit it for this episode on kind of slightly different uh, sides of the table, no pun intended on this, because I get this question a handful of times a year. Right. You know, like people that I know personally will say things like and then people that I don't, you know, do you sell your produce? Right. You know, do you sell what you grow or it will be just a casual comment? Oh, you should definitely sell this. And if you if anyone has seen kind of some of the production from my garden for a single person, 
it's awesome for some of the things I grow it's more than enough that I'll need for a year for some of the things I grow um, and then some of the things it's not even enough for one person to eat continually throughout the year and it's definitely not enough to put on some farm stand somewhere yeah you know so when you go back to even if you go with a smaller Thanksgiving let's say a, a family of four right you know I hope that I have enough green beans to, you know, to supply for a meal and for leftovers. But I could be really saying, all right, this is dipping into my green bean stash. But, hey, this is the reason for the season, for Thanksgiving even. Um, I just it's it's super curious to me. And I also, again, I still want to explore. Do we think enough of the food that we grow to say that it should, you know, make its way to a Thanksgiving table? I know your opinion on it. What's my opinion? But I'm just thinking you about you know, a larger population. Hmm? What's my opinion since you want to speak for me? No, I didn't say I wanted to speak <laughs> for you. I, that was my way of saying you don't need to provide a response oh, to okay. me because I already know. <clears throat> no, um, I know that you take great pride and no matter how um, pretty or ugly a food is, like, because there's a, remember that service I told you about that I used to order from, you know, like Ugly Produce. It was some different yeah. name, you know, all of kind of the ill form shaped yeah, yeah, it wasn't that. It was something even different than from that. But same concept, right? Um, and I have no issue with consuming that. But if I were to give something away, I'm very conscious of what I give away. So you know I'm very conscious of what I put on the table. Now, luckily, most times when you're making something for someone else, you know, they're not going to see the original form of that vegetable. <laughs> you know? so yeah. It, it kind of doesn't matter. You know, but even quality-wise, well, right? Because you know, there's also this expectation. Sure. Yeah. But there's also this expectation of whatever you're growing in your garden must be superior yeah. taste wise. Yeah, that is true. And it you know, it, sometimes I mean, I'm gonna be honest, for me, sometimes it's hard to tell what was grown and what was purchased. I mean, you know, it kinda is what it is. Now some things I can definitely tell the difference, but there's mm-hmm. a lot, mm-hmm. you know. I could eat a cabbage and be like, Well, that's a good cabbage. Did you grow it? No, I got that from Food Line. Oh, okay, check. Still good. You know, I mean, it just kind of is what it is. But Mm -hmm. I think it's one of those things. And, you know, I think it's it's a time like Thanksgiving can be a time, especially for the gardener to put on a bit of a show. You know what I mean? You can put on a bit of a show and say, yeah, I grew this. I prepared this. You know, this is what it's all about. And it's a, it could be a time to inspire people too to possibly do something mm-hmm, similar. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not saying that you get somebody come over who's never grown a garden and be like, that was amazing. I'm having 50 garden beds next year. Like, I mean, that's not what I'm saying. But, you know, the idea of it and the conversation that can come about it, you know, because the general thinking that I see from people I know is like, if I provide something, first of all, they automatically think it came from the garden, whether it did or didn't. And if it yeah, did, yeah. then they're mm-hmm. automatically going to say, well, that was one of the best we've ever had. As long as we didn't cook it gross, you know? And it's mm-hmm, like, no, mm-hmm. these green yeah. beans are the same, you know, like kind of is what it is. A canned green beans, a canned green bean, in my opinion. Yeah. And how much cooking you do of it really makes a difference too. Yeah. Right. Like how far it comes from its original form i think absolutely influences how good that thing is going to taste compared to what normally is store-bought i mean we know the general thought around things that are store-bought is how many days or weeks out are they from production how many corners do they cut from you know between growing and then harvesting compared to what you do as a gardener um i was um it's uh, i can't think of the name of the book off the top of my head but so reading this book and it was um the concept was eating what we grow for like a year, right? You know, there are a few different exceptions, like, you know, olive oil was an exception. And this family had grown food in the past and they had moved to this new land and they were having an event, like kind of a, I think maybe it was a welcoming party. I could be wrong. Uh, I could be mixing up a couple of different books, but similar to what you were talking about, like what's in the garden in November, this was earlier in the spring, you know, maybe, you know, very, very early summer, maybe late spring but it was such you could hear the struggle it was an audiobook and the narrator's voice from the pages about what are we going to do for all of these people and we have so little that's growing right now yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and i'm just so enamored by that concept you know so that's a part 
before I knew the reason why that was a part of the reason why, you know, I was so intrigued by growing in three to four seasons, you know, having food in the garden for three to four seasons. Let me say it that way. Um, because you look at it and say like, there is a dark time throughout our calendar, especially in the Midwest, even with you and, you know, a more Southern area where either it's the same type of thing that's growing or nothing's growing, you know, um, the variety that you would expect on a Thanksgiving day table is oftentimes not what the garden is going to produce in the fall. Right. You know? Yeah. And I mean, I think the variety we expect on the table is a conversation that we need to tap into just a little bit. Maybe Um, Mm -hmm. when you have your Thanksgiving, how do you guys approach it? Like, do you just have like everything you want on that day or what do you do? No, it's, um, I mean, there, it is enough to go on one plate, meaning like you don't need a second plate because there's still like, there are like four different meats or anything like that, you know? Right. So, uh, a turkey for sure. And maybe a ham in addition to a turkey, maybe, um, you know, definitely something green, you know, and there may be a couple of things green like beans or some actually greens, you know, some type of mustards, you know, collards, turnips, something like that. Um, and then there is something that's starchy, you know, so like what we we would call dressing, you know, some folks call it stuffing. I know that there's distinct differences between who's making what, um, you know, and then a couple of different things that are sweet, you know, maybe even a few. Yeah. Um, so it's not like there is a plethora, you know, it's not like an in never ending buffet. That's not the way that our Thanksgivings were growing up. So my Thanksgivings growing up are different than they are now. But our typical Thanksgiving dinner mm-hmm. growing up would be turkey, um, macaroni and cheese, broccoli and cheese casserole, coleslaw, um, biscuits, cornbread, mashed potatoes, dressing, green bean casserole. I mean, you can see it's very large. And if you wanted to have these things, you, I mean, it was a massive meal. And what we've done mm-hmm. this year is like, I still like all those things. We'd have a salad, stuff like that. But what I told um, my wife last year, I told Kelly, I was like, let's um, let's do it a little bit different. I was like, let's have our like, you know, a, our main dinner on Thursday. But then as we have leftovers, let's add to it. So we don't have to have mm-hmm, our mm-hmm. broccoli casserole on Thursday. Let's have it on Friday. Let's have biscuits on one day, cornbread on another day. Let's, you know, and just kind of spread it out so we can enjoy all these things, but not have this massive influx, you know. Now, one tradition that I do have and I always will continue is we have seafood on Thanksgiving. As, mm. So we will continue to do that. Um, and that's part of, you know, the traditional original Thanksgiving was heavy on seafood um, and wild game. So it was turkey and deer. And then mm-hmm. any kind of fowl, like bird or anything like that. That was really heavy. And when I went up to Plymouth, I didn't believe it. There are turkeys everywhere to this day. Like traffic jams for <laughs> miles in the spring because of turkeys. And in the fall, they are everywhere. So I completely believe that turkey was an original dish on Thanksgiving based on where it was. Yeah. So I like the idea. So there's something about. So just a quick rundown again turkey maybe ham uh macaroni and cheese i think i missed um no real potato products maybe a little bit of uh potato salad maybe 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 green beans um some type of green uh no salads typically like leafy green you know um, garden salads no salads um typically something like a dinner roll versus cornbread yeah and then the sweets and so you take that and those things I enjoy, but I could eat once every couple of months. So you mm-hmm. eat it on Thursday and then guess what happens? Copy and paste on Friday, mm-hmm. <laughs> copy and paste on Sunday, right? We may get a break on it on Saturday. So I like the idea of you can create your Thursday Thanksgiving meal, especially if it's a smaller group of people, because a part of the, you know, what 
you described as you were growing up, you probably had a lot of people in and out and some people didn't like one type of thing versus another. Right. So people had options. But the way that you described that, what you all are going to do now is the meal feels and, and, and tastes different the next yeah. day, you know, versus, you know, it being the same thing over and over and over again. Um, it's funny because when you mentioned, um, you know, a salad, Remember, I don't know if this is on the air or if it was just a conversation between you and I and how it's almost difficult in some cases to give away produce I've experienced. Yeah. And it has to be really convenient for a person to, you know, to take it. And I think in large part, it's because things are so readily available. I tested now, that out the other day. before I was growing, a, did you? Yeah. What happened? So I had a friend and I said... um, Hey, I've got some, what did I, I don't even remember what I had now. I think it was some kale. I was like, hey, I've got some kale. We, do you want some? No, nah, I'm good. I'm good. A couple weeks later, I said, I got some kale. I'm selling it for a dollar a bundle. I'll be there in five minutes. Pulled right up, got the kale and drove <laughs> off. And I'm like, man, what the hell? I tried to give it to you and it wouldn't. But I mean, it's just, yeah, you're exactly right. If you sell it, they'll come and get it. But if you give it away, it's like, nah, that ain't gonna happen. Yeah, I think, um, you know, you look at it and you say, um, because it's so readily available, like I have to drive past four grocery stores to get to Batavia's house to get pick up the vegetables. Right. You know, I'm just going to go to the grocery store and something like I was going to say, but even before I started growing enough vegetables to really make a nice green salad, I make a pretty salad. Right. You know, like if I had some other I mean grocery stores when they have the prepared salads and I'm looking at their salads not buying them but for ideas like I, I could put together a salad you know add that to my resume I know I know but it's kind of funny to say um, but other than it being pretty you know before people start digging into it you know people are kind of like I could get a bag of salad you know at the discount grocery store for a dollar 49 right like it's kind of the shrug and yeah you know how i feel very strongly about how much things how much we have access to and this is the collective we we know that there are food insecurity issues across the u.s and i'm not um, downplaying that but when you go into stores true grocery stores how much is there and it has absolutely des- desensitized us to one if, if we ever knew it to begin with how much it takes to produce that thing and then two um how much you know energy you know time resources but then two the volume that you need to produce think about your bok choy right you're in another season of growing a bunch of bok choy right yes that's a bunch of bok choy for your family of three which i assume is going to make its way to thanksgiving at some mm, point you know, or the day after thanksgiving. i doubt it it's ready to be harvested uh, but i don't think we're gonna eat it at thanksgiving my bee yeah, mentor okay. actually uh, loves bok choy so he's got the connect oh, okay nice yeah it worked out okay, pretty okay. good yeah 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 uh, but think about when you go into any grocery store remember i said there are four or five grocery stores from one of my friends before they get to my house right mm-hmm. think about how much bok choy is on you know any of those shelves it's crazy i mean we're talking about huge quantities so anyway it's a little bit of a tangent so then you go back to because things are so readily available and you see these in the stores and then you have someone at the dinner table like oh well, what was from your garden and i'm looking around saying well you know i the the onions that are on top of you know hey. the the store bought salad you know I still had some of those you know there's some garlic in there you know, and what are the recipes you know that's how it works so you know it's not always it got to be so- the star of the show yeah it doesn't always have to be a star of the show but um, it goes back to the how much of what's in your garden makes it to something that's as big of a an event as Thanksgiving. So I've got two things I want to do here. One, I want to ask you this. From your garden this year, what are you having on Thanksgiving? Um, So I think I'm going to do candy yams. Oh. But I I need to figure out, like, I'm right on the cusp of my sweet potatoes curing. Right. So candy yams and I will likely do, uh, although I don't normally, some potatoes. Because I have them. Perfect. Right? Um, 
That's why I love everything else that I produced crops. in earnest. You know, I think we have a delay. I said that's what I love about growing storage talking. crops. Delayed. What's that? Because the potatoes. Ooh, this is painful. The potatoes oh, okay. are storage crops. <laughs> Technology, everybody, you gotta love it. That's why we have Zone A, 8A and Zone 6B right here. It's that's the issue. Is yeah, the uh, we we got close down to frost. I think maybe the the uh, internet lines are shaking some of that chill off and, and delay me on my end. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have um, sweet potato pie. Well, I think we're going to make, I haven't proposed this yet, but I'm going to propose it to my wife. Um, she's made garlic or rosemary bread before, but I think this year I mm. want her to make garlic rosemary bread, but I've got to propose it to her just right because she's kind of difficult to convince. Um, we'll probably, I think I'm going to have a head of lettuce that's ready and I may try to roast a couple radishes just to have them out. And then we've got a seminal pumpkin that we'll have as well, I think. So we'll do that. Um, that should, and I've actually got a, I've got a turkey leg from a turkey that we killed this year. So we will eat that, but we're also going to smoke a turkey. So, but that <laughs> is something that we harvested and then some fish that we caught. So we try to keep it as like real as possible, but I mean, I'll go straight to the store and buy it. I don't, I mean, you got to do what you got to do, but that's what we're going to try and do. <laughs> now, my second thought, how many and people are, so is it, what, five that you're expecting for Thanksgiving? Four. No. Six this year, because we're going to have the in-laws and my mom here, so it's going to be very interesting. Okay, okay. Yeah, y'all say, okay, um, okay. y'all just take a second and say a prayer for me, so I can make it through the day. That's all I got to say. But I'll be smoking well, the turkey, so some, I'll just stay outside. Yeah, isn't there some... Uh, interesting fish dish that your in-laws made for you when you and Kelly were dating? Bro, I don't even want to talk about that casserole. It was flounder with crab and shrimp and cheese rolled up together. And I choked that bitch down. Like, I mean, it was tough to eat it. And who is now my uncle-in-law was like, "Mm, that's good. Can I get another serving? And I'm sitting there like, bro, how are you eating this? It just did not work out well. It was all juicy and no. Mm-hmm. So, so um, there is um, like seafood macaroni and cheese is a thing. Mm-hmm. And I have had it before and it's good. But I always feel a little bit weird about cheese and fish. Yeah, you should. Um, <laughs> as you should. Right? <laughs> you know, so when you tell that story, but I kind of envision it like, you know, whatever the 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 fish was was kind of like swimming around in the liquid like that was my was. vision of what you told that it was story. like when you when you picked it up it, it, you had to have a slotted spoon and the water would just pour out of it it's terrible was not a good impression to make on me personally mm-hmm. you know because i come from a big seafood eating family and you know fishing and being a marine biologist and stuff was pretty important to us but um my second thought which you're not going to deter me from it this time is imagine now that we're in a, a better world where more people are gardening. Mm-hmm. And Thanksgiving is, in fact, a place where we can get together and people will bring their own produce that they are growing at that time of year or preserved or stored, however you want to say it. But imagine how different the Thanksgiving dinners would look across our country. Well, take it a step further and a step back and think about how you know as we're planning and designing our gardens for next year you know how different does that look for you or you or you or you how are you gonna pull my third thought out that i was gonna surprise you with well you oh okay (laughs) go ahead go ahead (laughs) leonard rewind that go ahead buddy leonard's on vacation (laughs) basically but i mean think about like how yours would look how mine would look and how somebody in California, Texas, New York, like how different all of them would be, you know, like you would probably have a pretty heavy, like 
winter squash, potatoes, mm-hmm. stuff like that, where we would have greens and stuff like that. Think about how different that would be. It's crazy to think about. You would reshape the entire holiday if you did that. I am. Um, I'm trying to have to ask my mom. My grandmother used to make. It was a really, really. Tr- it was a treat. This is before like the. Um, what do they call them? The noodles for lasagna that are like self bake or whatever. You had to pre cook the noodles. Mm-hmm. That was back then. She would make lasagna, and I think it may have been like Christmas or maybe it was New Year. It wasn't Thanksgiving. Um, it was for New Year Day, um, and you know because it's a labor of love. When you think back to you know, making lasagna back then. I have to ask her which holiday it was. But the only way I can fully contribute is if so, I can convince someone to have some type of dish that has tomato sauce or yeah. tomato products. Like, you know, I'm bringing a big bowl of, of chili. Like, but what? I, this is what I got. You know? But exactly. Well, no, I mean, if you think about it, if you, let's say you wanted to grow, you wanted to serve chili. That was your thing. You have the tomatoes. You can grow mm-hmm. beans, some kind mm-hmm, of bean mm-hmm. to put in chili. Um, the meat, okay, whatever. You're not going to hunt the meat, but you'll you'll make the meat or something. You know, you you mm-hmm. grow the, the onions, onions, the peppers, the mm-hmm. peppers. I mean, you you think about it. You have everything available to you almost right now to make the chili that you could have. Yeah. And so his- maybe maybe we give a give the folks a little bit of latitude, and maybe it isn't just Thanksgiving. You think about next year. Maybe you're thinking about a single holiday, a single family gathering or yeah. ooh, pardon me. Mm. Right on the air too. There it is. I know, man. All that chili. You're too comfortable with our listeners now. Chili is one of our <laughs> top five favorite uh, meals to consume. And so, yeah. We are so different. Oh, I love it. I love it. And I, there is, I love almost every, yeah, beans for me do go in chili, but I'm okay with not having beans because um, I love it so much. Anyway, a event, a holiday, you know, it doesn't matter which one it is. How cool would it be to the dishes you bring is primarily from your garden? I do think in that way, you know, and maybe it's I think it'd be cool if it was Thanksgiving, you know, like yeah. if you bring a potato salad, you know, it's from your garden. You think about some of the same things we talked about, potatoes, onions, you know, maybe you put a little celery in it. Um, you know, those things can come from your garden. Um I do think it it there is a positive spotlight that's put on it. If you're like, oh, yeah, I made this dish for my garden. And I yeah. do think it could be like, oh, that's like all of this came from your garden. You know, um, I don't think you get really points if it's not all of it, to be quite frank. You know, <laughs> I, the the consumer that's not a gardener doesn't necessarily give you points if it's all not from your garden. Um, I wanted to make and for years I've wanted to make um I haven't done it in the last year, but I would do like an annual gumbo. And I'm now very, very, very tempted because we're recording this a handful of days before it's released. I'm very, very tempted to shift to a Thanksgiving gumbo. So I've done it for a new year, Call but me. it's troubling. Hmm? Call me. I love yeah, gumbo. I, I've done it for a new year day but then it's like new year new me and i have like all of this rich gumbo that i'm yeah. trying to eat through that done it for christmas and that's just a little just kind of a hard time frame thanksgiving could be it because think about all the rest of the foods that everyone else is going to cook i can partake in that um but i brought it up because i've wanted my okra in the so okra onions green peppers again we're naming these things you know if you put a little bit of tomato like you know diced tomatoes if you do that in there like that all could come from the garden my okra flopped this year so there's that um but but yeah i mean i I think that um i I don't know that are we challenging the good people for 2024 i don't know it's it's a personal decision how's that it's a personal decision now i will tell you um I looked at what I grew one year in a can tomatoes. Um, I grow collards mm-hmm. and, you know, typically on New Year's Day, people eat black eyed peas and collards. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, well, let me just try and grow some black eyed peas. And that's when I started growing them. And I grew them solely just to have them on Thanksgiving Day, to be honest. That was that was it or not th- uh, New Year's Day. And um, I knew I had a dish that used all three ingredients. It's called Hoppin' John's whatever. And mm-hmm. um, so I grew them and now I grow black eyed peas every year. 
love growing black eyed peas. They love the heat, easy to grow, easy to harvest, no storage needed, nothing. And um, it's just kind of ballooned from there. So that was like something that I, I did on purpose because of this and then just kind of ballooned, you know, I don't want to say out of control, but it's kind of starting to get out of control because it's such a high producing crop for me. I mean, a four foot trellis will give me roughly two pounds of black eyed peas, which isn't a whole lot. But if you don't eat them every day, you know, mm-hmm, we eat them. We mm-hmm. don't eat them all the time. We eat them periodically and we start cooking. Well, my wife went overboard last time, but usually I'll use like half a cup when I cook mm-hmm, with them. You know, mm-hmm. nothing crazy. Last time she used like a whole pound. I'm like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> she's like, well, we had them. I'm like, no, you don't just cook at all. So we had that conversation. <laughs> but, um, you know, and plus then we were eating black eyed peas for like a week and I didn't want to do that. Mm-hmm, so there's that mm-hmm. aspect of it. But in general, like that's how we started doing that. And then like, I mean, the summer holidays is, is basically whatever, you know, most people are growing the summer centric produce, but mm-hmm. the benefit of the year round gardening or three season gardening as most people can do, like you could grow lettuce and have a salad. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You could do that. Uh, a $20 well, I mean, frost I'll cover will have, give you plenty. I still have ripe tomatoes from my garden that I pulled out at the end of October. There for you Thanksgiving, go. you know, I'll be on the last of them, but, um, you know, there won't be any cucumbers. Boy, am I fighting, fighting, fighting to not go to the store and buy cucumbers. I just missed the crunch. Did you? But, or do you? Yeah, yeah. No, I don't fight it. I've not done it yet. I'm fighting it. I'm fighting it. I refuse to eat store-bought cucumbers. <laughs> but look, everybody, I do need to take a minute on Thanksgiving Day and tell you that there is a special deal and there is a link below that tells you about the planter app get it because it is now time to plan your garden and this app will change the way you plan your garden it is so easy drag and drop interface square foot companion combative planning with reasons why so you can educate yourself a little bit further and know what you're doing thousands of varieties of vegetables a pure joy to to play with i gotta tell you especially in the off season what else are you doing when you're not looking at your garden but dreaming about your next one and you can make your dream garden on this app and save the profiles you can compare them year for year which will help you with your crop rotation because you know we all should practice a little bit more crop rotation so check the link out below thank you that's the Planter app, it's spelled P-L-A-N-T-E-R. It's available on Google and Apple. You can use it on your phone, tablet, and PC. And I strongly urge you to sit down on your computer and use it because it is a joy. And then it transfers over to all your other platforms. So mm-hmm. check it out, Planter app. Now, that being said, if, if we grew everything we needed for this holiday what do you think would be the effect of the grocery stores like if people did that do you think it would hurt bad because i'm going two weeks like i went the other day i had to buy 60 pounds of sugar for the bees and um i mean they're dude they've got all the staples like right there in your face like imagine what it would do to the grocery stores and stuff like that if people actually did this yeah, because I'm thinking, well, so does how far does it trickle back up, though, you know, um, when it comes to who's growing what and to fill the grocery stores for some of this kind of seasonal stuff? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think that that's, you know, I don't <clears throat> think that we're on the verge of that happening. So let's just be realistic here. No, but, this, uh, is, but this is a dream world. Yeah, but, you know, in the dream world, that's a huge threat. Mm hmm. I think it would be awesome. I bet you'd start seeing like weird stuff on sale that time of year. They would probably, I would imagine, try to reshape Thanksgiving. Yep. Mm-hmm. As we mm-hmm. imagined it, as mm-hmm. you know, as traditions. I bet they would try to reshape it, and they would catch on and be like, "Oh, well, you can't grow this, so let's do this." Yeah, that, the and marketing the other. would go into overdrive, mm-hmm. right? You know, and I do think, like you know, for candy sweet potatoes, like you know, sometimes we have marshmallows on them, sometimes we don't. And I'm not creating marshmallows. I'm not. No, I mean, I'm not even ever Google that, and I don't plan on it. Don't do it, Batavia. Don't do it. Marshmallows are weird. <laughs> yeah, they They're are weird. weird. We, marshmallows are one of those marshmallows, Swedish fish, licorice. Like those are the things that I eat. 
like two minutes longer than I should. Yeah. Basically until I get <laughs> nauseous. <you know? laughs> it didn't take long with Swedish fish. You want a good case of diabetes, you need a bag of Swedish fish, boy. Because them things oh are good, gosh. too. Yeah, yeah, good and gummy, and it's like, and then I'm kind of feeling woozy, and it's like, uh, all right, enough. Yeah. yeah. Now, pecan or pumpkin pie, or pecan, uh, pecan whatever. Well, sweet potato pie, followed by pecan pie. Mm, sweet potato pie, yeah, sweet potato pie, pecan pie, then maybe apple pie afterwards. Okay. I like a good blueberry pie too, though, but I rarely Wrong have it. season for that. Yeah, 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 for sure. Well, so I mean, it, if you froze some of those blueberries. So you actually wore off on me. I made We made our first sweet potato pie last year, and all of us were like, no more pumpkin pie. We're done. We're absolutely done with pumpkin pie. We grow, pump, we grow sweet potatoes. Mm-hmm. Perfect. It's. I mean, it's basically the same thing, if you ask mm-hmm, me. Mm-hmm, I yeah. mean, it's yeah. not much well, difference. Well, I mean, I think that there's a, a small difference. I mean, it's just a hair difference in the taste of pumpkin versus sweet potatoes. Once but I put my whipped dep- cream on it, it don't matter. Yeah, but what you like that, so, you know, so the cinnamon, nutmeg, which I know you don't add um, sugar, No, if you're allergic to nutmeg eggs. and cloves like me, you can use ginger instead and mm-hmm. cinnamon. Same taste. When you add those things, um, you, I mean, it's kind of like, yeah, like the pumpkin or the sweet potato is just like, that's, that's the vehicle (laughs) that's carrying all the rest of the stuff. Um, So I saw about, go ahead. Remind me to tell you about tomato jam, which may have a place in, on a Thanksgiving menu as a condiment. Um, I forgot to say that. I have, um, you ready, everybody? I got to speak low because I don't want anybody else to know. Just you guys. I made husk tomato jam this year. Finally. Oh, no. Finally made. I got three of the tiniest jars of it ever made. (laughs) And I'm so happy. It was so much work. I don't know if we're going to do it again, but it was, it's awesome. So we, I think we're going to have that too. Same thing I had. um, I forgot that it was on my list to make. And, you know, so I got my last flush of tomatoes. You know, a lot of them were green. And I said, oh, I'll make this tomato jam. And you know how those things that people describe, you know, and it's like you've never had it before. So you don't know how it's going to taste. And again, I I took a couple of liberties with the recipe and it came to mind because I'd used ginger in one of the recipes. And I have three and a half jars. So three jars that I canned up. Well, actually, I canned up all four jars, but because I didn't have a full jar on the fourth one, I basically started using that immediately. And I can't put my finger on it. Like, I I think it's I don't know how much I like it. But now the struggle is my window is closing. Like, I should be making more of it because my tomatoes are going to, you know, going to get wrapped up. But I don't know if I like it enough to get to, you know, a four, fifth, six, seventh jar. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So I made this, um, or I didn't make it. I'm sorry. I saw this thing the other day and it was uh, a map of the United States with the favorite Thanksgiving pies, like overall for each state. Right. And, um, Mm -hmm. I just Googled it to, uh, to, to bring it up real quick as, and it said, and the, it came up on Reddit and the guy Mm -hmm. was like, here's the supposed map of, pies for thanksgiving and i've lived here my whole life and never even heard of it so it's interesting so for north carolina it's buttermilk pie Hmm. i have never heard of a buttermilk pie for thanksgiving okay for you a butter roll what is yeah we don't have butter rolls either we got Mm -hmm. dinner rolls that's what we call them (laughs) i mean i'm just saying Mm -hmm. um for you what do you think your states i think i'm looking at illinois What's Illinois look like? It's right on Lake uh, Michigan, right? Yeah, like on the west side of right, it. Yeah, right. It's gonna look right. Be, it's anything named right next to Indiana? No, it doesn't have the names, just the shapes. I get confused oh. up in that area. Yeah, yeah. I mean, kind of like a shoe, but not really. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, what is your what what is your pie for Thanksgiving? You think I'm gonna Th- say apple, just because Michigan is so close and they're huge yep. producers of apples. It is apple pie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, like a lot of states, like Montana, what's it, like Idaho, what's the West like? 
Any of um, those well, states. I was going to tell you like Montana, Idaho, North Dakota. No, not North Dakota. Uh, I think it's Wyoming. Um, and then Utah is key lime pie. That's really odd to have out deli- there. Well, the fruit, though. I had a delicious piece of key lime pie just this week. I can't imagine eating more than a piece of it, though. I hate key Maybe lime pie. Two. It tastes like pennies. All right, three, fine. Three pieces of key lime pie. <laughs> <laughs> California's pumpkin pie. Um, huh. I can't zoom this in. Oh, Washington. No, Oregon is tamale pie. Well, sign me up. That's different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so South Carolina's sweet potato pie, North Carolina's buttermilk pie. Yeah, they got this confused, man, because I ain't never heard of a buttermilk pie at all. Mm-hmm. They got grape pie on here never heard of grape pie now hawaii's got it going on banana cream pie that's what i'm talking about baby i'm going out there (laughs) i bet they got some good ass pie out there Mm. so yeah it's interesting like it infuriated me when i saw that so i was like what is going on but you got yours right yeah and all of new england is apple pie too and that, that i mean that's huge apple country up there I can see it. Just looking at the images online, it looks like more like a custard. So that kind of makes sense. Yeah, I'm, I wouldn't eat that. If you like put an a gun egg to my pie, head. almost. That's what it looks like. I, that's um. What is that called? What is egg pie? That's egg custard. Uh, is that quiche. what it's called? Quiche. No, that's I call quiche different. egg pie. <laughs> well, maybe what I'm thinking of is egg pie. All right, this thing's spinning out of control. Yeah, it is. So somebody wrote in the comments, "Tamale pie in Oregon? Really?" <laughs> So anyways, yeah, I just thought that was, it infuriated me when I saw it. So there you go, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. And on that note, I do want to say one thing from Batavia, myself, and even old Leonard over here. We definitely are very thankful that you are with us and that you listen to the show. And if you watch us on YouTube channels, then we appreciate that as well. We just we're th- so thankful that you're with us and we're having another good year and you enjoy your Thanksgiving to the best of your ability. And we truly hope that you're eating something from your garden, because remember what we do here. We learn to grow and we grow for change. See ya. Now, you know why people feel like celebrating at harvest time. All over the world, people have feasting and good times when the crops have been gathered in. Thanks for checking out the show. If you like what we're doing and you'd like to support us, you can become a patron at patreon.com slash backyardgardens, or you can be an Apple subscriber. And in both of those, you'll get an extra episode every month. You can also make a one-time PayPal donation with the link below. And you can get all kinds of gardening gear, like t-shirts and mugs and cups from the link below at Teespring. And we have an Amazon store, which has all the products that we use and recommend in our gardens and it helps support our show and we also add to this list periodically so be sure to check it out periodically to see if there's anything that you need for your garden everything that you do including a like and a subscribe and even a review will help us learn to grow and grow for change see ya